Well, ladies and gentlemen, it's been a busy-ass week here at the castle, or the, the office, dormitory, where the fuck you want to call where I record this at. Welcome, everyone, to another edition of Conversation with Shubba Green. I'm your host, the main man, Shubba Green. Swig of cherry, Coke Zero, sugar, zero sugar for the working man. Is it just me, or zero sugar, uh, zero sugar sodas starts to taste better than other sodas? And I can move it a time. So what are we talking about today, guys? We're going to talk about the NBA draft. We're going to talk about the free agency, um, obviously the free agency uh, watcher in the NBA. And I'm going to do the uh, AEW New Japan Pro Wrestling Forbidden Door 2 review. But first, I want to thank everyone who has subscribed, downloaded, whatever, the last week. Um, also have an announcement to make. On Friday, I will be dropping a bonus episode. I will drop the Flash review and my State of DC uh, review as well. We're going to save that, but for now, let's get right into the the meat and potatoes of this deal. We are talking about the NBA draft, so everybody knows basketball is my favorite sport. I like the way to dribble down the court. Get what I did there. Anyway, I'm a big fan of the game. Love it. I play it on Mondays with some guys from work. Always been a fan of it. Will always be a fan of it. Anyway, let's get right into it. So the round one, we're going to go through round one, and I'll do some highlights of round two, guys, to keep an eye out for, obviously. So the first pick in the draft, obviously, San Antonio went with Victor Wambaba. If I can say his name right, I apologize. Seven foot four prodigy with eight foot wingspan, it says here on the MD, on the CBS Sports, who has generated type of praise we have not heard since LeBron James. On top of his insane measurables, he has contributed on defensive dominance, offensive skill, and uncanny ability for his size. If he can stay healthy, true NBA stardom is very likely a scenario. The Spurs spent years setting themselves up to get in this position and took advantage of it. Here's my thoughts on the kid. I think he's got a lot of talent. I think he's long. I think he's athletic, obviously. Um, you can't teach that size. Um, 237 pounds. He looks a little thinner, thinner than that, but he's also seven foot four. See a lot of Ralph Sampson in this game. For a guy that watches, like myself, who watches a lot of tape, tape, a lot of YouTube clips. Uh, Ralph Sampson is very similar with his size of frame. Not as great as a ball handler as Ralph, but athleticism is similarity. I think he can be a really good player. I think he is a game changer. Um, do I see why he would number one, of course. Do I think he's one of the? I think he's the clear top best player in the draft. It's here to say. I mean, on paper, yes, but in back of my mind, I watch a lot of college games. Now I have watched a lot of Victor's stuff on YouTube. I watched some games of his. He is very talented. I see a lot of things with him. Um, I see him when he gets, you know, his length as a shot blocker is going to be a lot, but. We'll see, man. I think he's got a chance to be really good, but you know what it is. Number one picks like this come around. It's generational to the point where we go, yeah, like this dude's going to be awesome. Second pick of the draft is Charlotte Hornets with Brandon Miller out of Alabama. This is what was said on it. The Hornets brought back M. Miller and Scoot Henderson this week, allowing their decision to come down to the final days. Atlanta Miller in the process that he has a bit, has a bit confusing. A unique combination of size and shot making. He has great mid-range game too. You know, he did see it at Alabama. We haven't seen it yet. Well, Efficient at the rim. The fact that he is solely in his concern off, off court issues, blah, 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 blah. Here's the thing. I like Brandon Miller's game at Alabama. The off court issues are a lot of things to say. Um, I'm not going to talk on them. I'm talking about the guy as a, as a player. I think he has a lot of ability. He wrote, his game is similar to Paul George in a lot of ways. His frame reminds me a lot of Paul George. Um, his mid range game, like he said, you didn't see a lot of Alabama, but he can score from a variety of ways from the mid range. That being said, I get why Charlotte went with him. I like his I like his pairing with Lamella Ball, Terry Rozier, and those guys. I think he can contribute in a lot of ways, and it will be a very interesting take. Let's see what goes. The third pick in the draft, Scoot Henderson went to the Portland Trailblazers. Now, they said this was the easiest pick in the draft, and the Blazers nailed it. Um, I, they said the, the what CBS report they want to have a building block around with him and Sheldon uh, Sharp. Um, here's the thing. They talk about they went through a, a rebuilding without having to trade Damian Lillard. Well, they've been rebuilding for the, like the last since the bubble, really. If you think about it, since they went to the conference finals, what was it, 2018 or 19? Portland has been rebuilding. They have not really gotten. I don't think they've gotten out of the first round. I think it's the best option. Scoot is a really good prospect. I love his size at the at, for six two. He's built strong. He's not the best shooter in the world, but he, physically he is he is a lot. And I think Scoot got drafted on his potential, what he can be. Now, that being said, let's take a swig, swig of this real quick. I do believe that 
Damian Lillard is going to go out of Portland. Now, where does Damian go? Everybody's, there's two options, Philadelphia or Miami. Those are the two options everybody's leaning on. I think that's the possibility of those two right then and there. Um, I did mention the fact that maybe Chicago could offer something, but I think Dame is on his way out. Portland is going to get rid of him. Now, because you look at Portland, they're very guard-headed. They got Shannon Sharp, Scoot Henderson out. They got Anthony Simons. And, Dame, you got four guards in your rotation that you are pretty much depending on. Now, what are they going to do? They're going to go with a three-guard lineup because you're going to have to, at this point, to spread these minutes out because Scoot's going to play. Dame's going to get his minutes, obviously. And then you turn it around, you get guys like Shannon Sharp, who who is he can play the guard spot, but he's more of a wing, too, if you really look at it. So, I don't know. The fourth pick in the draft, Amen Thompson, pair of the twins that went back-to-back, went to the Houston Rockets. He is an athlete. He fits in the games today. 6'6", with 6'11", wingspan. He has a very – he is a leaper. He can – I mean, the guy can jump out, like get out of his bed, jump, and – Probably dunk, let's be honest. Um, one thing that worries me about him, his jump shot is not there. I think Amen Thompson is going to be a really good player. I think he's got a lot, a really good good chance. But my biggest issue with him is his shooting ability. I think he's there, if you're going to play a lot of small ball with him, eventually he has to spread the ball out. you got to spread the floor out a little bit. I mean, not everybody can be DeMar DeRozan and average 23, 24 points a game off, off mid-range jumpers. I mean, the mid-range game is there. People take advantage of it. But they refuse to because the game is more inside. It's more perimeter-based on the perimeter. And if you're not shooting threes, you're either running and dunking. So... With the fifth pick in the draft, the Detroit Pitch Pistons went with the other twin, uh, Osar Thompson. And this is the one pick in the draft that had me scratching my head because they, Detroit needs shooting. And what they did was you got Kay Cunningham and Jay Nivey, two guys that are, re- are a really good future backcourt to build around. The Pistons need what they got. They also got Wiseman. They got Jalen Durant Duran up front. So you think they go get a wing, but the problem is – this was the wing that I was sitting there going like, you're going off athletic prowess, but you need shooting. He he's a he, I mean he's a true like they said in the, like in CBS Sports true athletic wing, a potential defensive stops stops her, stopper, and one of the best. He could be one of the best in the draft at the end. But the problem is you need guys to shoot now. If you're going to continue this, if you hear my birds in the background chirping, I apologize. If you need guys to spread the floor out because Jay and Ivy and Thompson and um, and uh, K Cunningham are really are good backcourt together, but they're not great at shooting. So. Is what it is. Now we go to the sixth pick in the draft. To me, one of the top three biggest steals in the draft. Orlando Magic took Anthony Black out of Arkansas, six six point guard. I will sit here and say this: Anthony Black to me is one of those guys. When you, I watched a lot of college ball. Obviously, everybody knows me. I watch college ball. Anthony Black was the one guy I saw as a freshman going to college basketball. Going that guy right there is a top three to four player in the country as a freshman or pick in the draft. Excuse me. Anthony Black has a lot of ability. He's got to put a little weight on. But he has proven himself in the game. He's a true point guard, big point guard. Now, everybody says, well, he's not a great shooter, blah, 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 blah. Here's the thing. He can make he he doesn't take a lot of threes. He doesn't. His game is creating turnovers, getting guys involved, running to the rim, getting in the lane and creating. But his shooting, he's not a great three-point shooter. He ha, he is not. If anything, you will see that he will be he will be a top five player in this class, no doubt. And him going to Orlando, Orlando is kind of going to an era where they're playing, playing a lot of positionless basketball. They got size and everything, so it makes a good pairing. This is the guard, I think, in the future that can is the point guard that they need. They got Cole Anthony. They got Mulkel Fultz. They got Suggs. But Anthony Black is the guy that they go with in this. The seventh pick in the draft, the Indiana Pacers now, as I, you know, everybody knows, this podcast takes place out of the – out of Indianapolis, Indiana, the Greenwood Metro area, and obviously, not a bit. I'm not like a Pacers fan, but I I do watch them. I enjoy watching the Pacers. They did a trade with the seventh and the eighth pick, Belai Colabin from France, who was played on Wamba, uh, Victor Wamba's team. The Pacers traded him. I mean, picked him, drafted him, and I sat there and scratched my head, going like, "Oh my god!" Because if anybody knows me, I've been talking about Jersey Walker, Jarius Walker for the Pacers. And they trade him. The seventh and eighth pick. The as I said, the Pacers drafted who I said, and Washington got the eighth pick and they trade Jarace Walker. And here's the thing about this. Pacers win this deal because here's my thing. Jarace Walker's a guy at six seven, two hundred and fifty pounds. I saw him play last year at Houston. 
He played on that Houston team that went to the got beaten the Sweet Sixteen, I think. Yeah, Sweet Sixteen. And I watched him play, and watching Walker at his size, a guy he's not the he's not a great one on one player. But his defense and energy, he creates he creates a lot of stuff. He you know he gets a lot of deflections. He's a great offensive rebounder. He's a guy that Pacers need. A guy that can get on the block and can rebound and bring some intensity defensively. It's an impact pick right then and there. Akalabi going to Washington. First off, Washington traded basically up a pick and gave up two second rounds for the guy that the Pacers weren't going to take. The Pacers basically boated them into that. It's like how stupid can you be? My God. He has, a, but Colby is going to be a good player. I think. I think he's got a lot of ability. They're they're going off his wingspan or whatever. But Walker is going to be the guy in this pick. You're thinking about whatever. Now, the ninth pick was Taylor Hendricks out of UCF. UCF, the first the first UCF player in history to be selected in the first round. Um, Hendricks has a lot of ability. He's a three and D forward. He can stretch the floor. He is a guy that can run. He is a great rim runner. He can protect the rim. He's a versatile defender. A lot of people thought the Pacers should have went with him or Walker. I thought Walker was more the pick now, but I get Hendricks. Hendricks is going to fit well in Utah. I think they're going to. They're, he's. Gonna, I mean, they got Marker in him there, but I can see Hendricks being a guy. We we're talking about years. This draft has got. This draft is very wing heavy. If you look at what we're going with. The tenth pick in the draft, Casey Wallenack in Kentucky. Um, Casey Wallace, good perimeter defender. He was his pick was traded to the Mavs. Um, I like uh, no, he was picked up by the Mavs, but he's traded to the Thunder with the twelfth pick. We'll talk about the twelfth pick in a minute. But Casey's going to go to he's going to go to Oklahoma City. I mean, Sam Presti has a good eye for talent. Whether the school he goes to or not, Casey Wallen is probably. Outside Anthony Black, the best perimeter defender in this draft, and I think he's going to do very, very well. Very, very well, and I'm very, very, uh, you know, as my brother answers, sends me a text message, uh, that is going to be a very, very good pick. Um, uh, yeah, so. But also, at the same time, I'm sitting there going like, well, you already got the uh, Presley's already got Shea Gale Alexander. He's got Josh Gates. So, you may, it makes you wonder what he's doing. The 11th pick in the draft, this is the one in the first round that I just get, I don't understand this one. But it's Orlando being Orlando. They took Jet Howard out of Michigan, 6'8 guard. So, from they got this one from the pick for Chicago, the trade with Chicago years ago with Nikola Vucevic. Here's the thing. He's 6'8", makes sense. He's a son of Michigan's um, coach, Jawan Howard. He's a tough shot maker, and has he's got the, the sizes there. However, his defense is not the best. He can shoot. But in my opinion, Jordan Haskins was on the the Jordan Haskins was on the, the, uh, the board. Grady Dick was on the board. Um, Kobe uh, Burfkin from Michigan, a guy I played with in Michigan, I felt like he could have been. A guy, but where Orlando was going with, they're going to go big, long, and athletic. So I, I get it, I get it. I guess I just don't understand. I, this pick could have waited. Like Orlando could have traded back in the draft and gotten this pick if they needed to. If they, I mean, he's a guy. If you pick him eleventh, you could have traded down to like seventeenth or sixteenth and got him. You didn't have to pick him this high. That's just my opinion. The twelfth pick, which went to Dallas from Oklahoma City, was Derek Lively. The second, Dallas needed rim protection. They need it bad, so it makes sense. They don't know what they're going to do with Kyrie. We're going to talk about the NBA free agency, free agency thing in here in a minute. But However, Derek Lively averaged five points and five rebounds again, but they're going off his size, his length. He's the first big in this outside of Victor to be taken in this draft. He has, he's got a chance to be a, a great rim protector. When I first saw him in, uh, play at Duke last year, I saw him, when I saw him in spots, because I let me be honest, ACC play was hard to watch being a Louisville fan last year. Unfortunately, um, Derek Lively, in my opinion, has got a lot of chance. He when I he reminds me, I see a lot of McGee in him, a little, and also he's you know, I see a lot of McGee in him um, as a length and athleticism. I see it. I think him going to Dallas, he immediately he can start and contribute. Thirteenth pick in the draft, Mister um, Rhinestone Specialist Gray Dick, and anybody knows as his um, his suit he's wearing on draft night, very stylish, my man. Went to Toronto. Toronto needed shooting, and they got it with this pick. 
with a space where Toronto was weird. They had Fred Van Fleet, who was a shooter. OG Anobi's okay. And Scotty Barnes is really a more of a point forward against guys involved. He's not the best shooter. And Siakam can shoot threes, but they couldn't space the floor well enough last year. You know, they fired Nick Nurse, their coach. They brought in a new coach, um, I believe. I can't remember. Somebody in the chat room tell me about that. But um, Grady Dick, I think, has got a lot of potential. The only thing that worries me about Grady Dick is his frame. He's very, very thin. I mean, not very thin, but he's very slender. And I think he is athletic. He can get his own shot, but he's more. He's gonna be one of those guys you're gonna see in the league. Possibly, he can be one of those guys that possibly can be in the league for ten plus years, playing on some a couple teams as a role player, as a uh, as a sharpshooter. He's got a little Kyle Korver to him. He's got a little uh, Baron Bravanovich who played at, plays for who played for Sacramento and played for um, uh, the Hawks. He's got a little bit of him in it, so I can see it. But I was going to see him with his frame having issues, him having a couple injuries or something like that. Hope I don't jinx him. He's, he's a really good player. So the 14th pick in the draft, Jordan Hoskins, Haskins out of the University of Connecticut went to uh, went to New Orleans. Um, talk about a movement shooter, a guy that who is just a hot streak shooter who got hot during the NCAA tournament. Um, I like this pick. For New Orleans, I mean, I like the pick for New Orleans, but he is very thin, and defensively, you got C.J. McCollum in the backcourt with him. But however, the shooting is there, so New Orleans needs some shooting. So we'll see. He, he I mean, he's what what Jordan Haskins is known for is coming off screens and getting shots open. That's what he is. Now he's coming off screens for. Brandon Ingram and the porn star lover Zion Williamson, if he ever gets on the court, um, he's going to make a lot of. He can make some noise, and I'm rooting for the kid, man. I really am. The 15th pick in the draft, Kobe Buff, Buffkin went to Atlanta. Another guy that, who, in my opinion, this is the guy at 11th Orlando should have went with. I, in my opinion, this is what I would have went with. But I, they're going longer, taller when their lineups. Six four, he, you know, Buffkin was really young. As a, as a freshman, he came in. He was younger than most one-done players, but he came in. He made a proven his second year, and I really think this is a chance just in case like Atlanta decides to get rid of Trey Young and rebuild a player they can build around. He is a sharp shooter. He can shoot. He can he, he has got a great game going to the rim. I think Kobe Bufkin's going to be a really good player. 16th pick going to Utah. This is from the Minnesota deal with Rudy Gobert when they gave up a million draft picks for a guy that gets uh, one of the worst defensive big men you ever see. Everybody wants to sit there and make Rudy Gobert this great defensive player, and all I see is get his ass worked all the time. But anyway, Keontae George from Baylor. I am a fan of what Scott Drew has done at Baylor. As a matter of fact, when Chris Mack got the job a little while, I actually wanted Scott Drew more than anything. But and when, when Chris got fired, I thought, well, we can't get Kenny Payne. I really like to get Scott Drew. But Scott Drew's done his thing at Baylor. I'm a big fan of what he's done. That being said, I like Keontae George, 6'4". He he uh, he can't sh- catch shoot off the catch or the dribble. And he's got a really, he's a pretty underrated play, uh, playmaker pass. The problem is defensively, he had he has his issues defensively, but I think he's going to be a guy that I think going to Utah he's going to fit in really well with the weather system works. I think it'll be fine. The seventeenth pick in the draft from Indiana, Jalen Hood, Scottyfield, a point guard. Um, the Lakers needed some shooting. Um, he's gonna I think he can contribute right away as a role player. He is a streaky scorer, but he he is better off coming off screens, getting in the lane, or getting in around the hash mark or pulling up from there. Um, the Lakers, I felt like this pick, they probably needed some size for the AD, but overall, the guard play is there with this. So I get 18 pick Jamie Jack West Jr. from UCLA goes to Miami. It's a solid pick, in my opinion. It's a culture thing. Jamie plays hard. Uh, he's a good shooter. He's tough, hard working, hard nosed, grinded out. He fits what Miami wants. So I get it. 19th pick, Brandon Belosky. I can't say his name from Santa Clara. This is the one. He's in the old Illinois transfer. Catch, shooting a guy come off the dribble and can shoot off the catch and dribble. Very efficient player. He's just not a great athlete, and his length is a question. He's joined the backcourt with Steph Curry, Clay, an aging backcourt with Steph Curry, Chris, uh, Clay Thompson, and now Chris Paul. 
Here's my thing. I don't like this pick at all. Doesn't make a lot of sense to me at all. I don't get it. Maybe they see something I don't, but I don't. I, this is another one. 20th pick in the draft. This is from the Clippers and the Houston Rockets trade, and Cam Whitmore finally gets aboard. Arguably top three to five athletes in this class as a talent, as a matter of fact. They said he didn't have the greatest workouts, and he didn't have the best interviews. Him going to Houston with Amin Doka there, I like this pick. I hope he becomes a really good player because Whitmore – I saw him play a little bit of a and he's kind of like a light switch. Sometimes when you see him turn his motor on, he's there. Then sometimes he turn off, you don't see it. I mean, this is the guy we were talking about, the Pacers. It was at the beginning of the draft. It was between fifth and seventh. Who was going to take the – was Detroit or the Pacers because they needed a wing. And, of course, Whitmore went all the way down. 21st pick from Alabama. This is from the Phoenix – and this is from the Kevin Durant trade. Noah Clownley goes to Alabama – from Alabama goes to Brooklyn. It's a big swing. It's a big swing if you watched him at Bama this year. 6'10. He has got potential size. Brooklyn needs some size and some rebound. They need some size and rebound. And also he can stretch the floor a little bit. He has a lot of athleticism, athleticism, but it's a big swing because it's about motor. Question of is his upside is there. It can he make it through. Brooklyn back to back picks. Derek Whitehead from Duke. And I actually like this pick. Um as these fucking notifications email come through. I do like this pick. I think this is a really, really good pick. Whitehead, I think, can come in as a wing with Brooklyn with Mikel Bridges and his crew of guys and Dinwiddie. I think he's going to play. He's a pretty good defender. Um, he was hurt last year in college. Uh, he can't shoot, but it's a medical thing. Can he be healthy? Can he stay clear and healthy? So we'll see. 23rd pick, Chris Murphy. Go, Chris Murray goes to the Portland Trailblazers. This was from a first uh, from a first round pick. Um, really good basketball player from Iowa. Iowa back to back first round picks this year. Chris Murray's got a lot of chance. Uh, he's got a, Chris Murray has a really good chance. His brother Keegan obviously is playing. His brother Keegan's a better floor spacer. Um, I I guess I think Portland's going with this. Just saying. He's a he's a he's a guy that he's a really he's more of a guy that you can you can put on your bench and, and develop along. He's one of those guys. I mean, six eight two thirteen. So we'll see. Twenty fourth pick. This is um, Sacramento. Got this. The, that's going to Dallas. This pick's going to Dallas. Oliver Maxine Prosper from Marquette. I did watch this guy play a little bit. He can play. Um, He's one of those guys that is a spot-up shooter. He replaces Finney, DeWin Finney-Smith who went in that um, Donnie Finney-Smith who went into that trade with Brooklyn and Dallas last year for Kyrie. This he is a guy that's similar to that, tough defensively on the perimeter and a guy who could hit perimeter shots. He's got to have some athleticism. So, but so it's a pick that you can see him going okay eventually I like this pick here with Memphis trading this pick to Detroit the 25th pick Matt Mark Marcus Sasser from Houston um, this is a deal right here that I like for Detroit why I said they need to shoot here's a guy that got a guy that can shoot um, he had some issues is he had some injuries in, at the end of the year last year Houston possibly cost Houston a chance to get the final four when he got hurt but I think this is a smart smart move for for Detroit, they need shooting. He is a little undersized for a two-guard, but so is Jalen Ivey. I do like this pick of him going. 26th pick, this is from the Cleveland Cavaliers trade from last year going to the Indiana Pacers. Ben Shepard from Belmont. I really wanted Nick Smith Jr. to go here. He went to the next pick, and next pick, and we're going to talk about that in a minute, but he is a 3-and-D guy, the Pacers need, and he's going to be a 3-and-D guy, but he's going to have to make his play on the defensive end. So he's a good player. I've seen him play at Belmont. Daddy to say he's a really good player, so I think it's a good pick. 27th pick, let's just say, and this is from Denver. Nick Smith Jr., the number one player in the class of 2022. He is playing with his grassroots teammate, Brandon Miller. They played on the same AAU team or high school team. Uh, Nick Smith Jr. is, a, is an athletic guy. He, he's, a, he's a combo guard, good with both hands, a big guard. He can score and has talent. He's got that knee issue, but here's a guy when New Orleans, like New Orleans has set himself, I mean New Orleans, Charlotte, Brandon Miller, Nick Smith Jr., two building block pieces to go with the mellow ball. Go with Terry Rozier. You can build around. The 28th pick, another pick for Utah, three first-round picks. Um, this is from Philly. Bryce Skensenbrog from Ohio State. I thought Bryce Bryce would have been a second-round pick after watching him at Ohio State this year. He Ohio State did not was uh, we talk about Louisville struggles. Ohio State was a team that was up and down all year, really struggled. Um, he is a guy that 
a guy that he can stretch the floor out a little bit, but he's got to defend his position in the wing. I mean, the league is more guard wing heavy, and I think this is a guy that you took at 28th. You could have got a better pick, in my opinion. 29th pick, Pacers end up trading this pick to Denver. Julian Strawworth, six a six six two guard, whatever. Um, another guy, uh, he can shoot it and has good size, but he's liability on defensive end. A lot of times on switch on pick and rolls, he gets annihilated. So we're gonna see what happens. But when going to Denver and the 30th pick in the draft, the final pick. This is from Milwaukee going to going to um, the Clippers. Kobe Brown going to the Clippers. I am a fan of this pick. Um, it gets, I mean, he's just a good player. He's a, he's a good player in general. He's kind of built like a football player with his size, but the Clippers play a lot of small ball with Kawhi Leonard when he's healthy and Paul George on the field, on the field, the floor. So I am a fan of this. So that's the first round recap of the draft. We're going to go to the second round here, and I'm just going to highlight some things, not go through this, but um, Leonard Miller went 33rd to the Spurs. I think that's a big pick. Andre Jackson from from UConn, um, he, he's going to uh, six six guard. He's going to uh, Orlando in the second round. I thought that was a big pickup. Um, another guy to keep out for, I think Gregory Jackson going to South from going to Memphis. Memphis in the second round was a big pickup. Amoni uh, Bates, here's a guy right here. I think him going to Cleveland. Cleveland needed a wing, and this is a good pickup. I think he's a it's a swing and miss, but whatever. Uh, and Tarsine, uh, Trace, uh, Trace Jackson Davis from Indiana going, who's, he's going to uh, what, uh, I think him going late in the second round. So, he's a big pickup. Jalen Wilson um, going to Brooklyn, another wing. Um, and also, congratulations to Keontae Johnson. When he went through getting picked in the, the, the second round, I'm, I'm happy for him. So, overall, what are my thoughts on the draft? And here's my opinion. I think it was a wing-heavy draft that was very top-heavy. for the first, Had about 20 to 25 players in the draft that were really, you can say, were locks for the first round. Or, or excuse me, 15 to 20. And there's some question marks, too, with little things. Like, I thought, for sure, the first question mark of the first round is Bryce Shenabog. Shenabog. If I say his name wrong, I apologize. Going 28th to 28th. I don't think that was a – Utah made a good pick there. Julian Starworth being being traded to Denver. I thought a guy you could have gotten in the second round, but he went in the first. Um, um, Jet Howard, obviously, the big question mark out of everybody. He went in the top thir- went in the top 15 at 11th. Just those are the big question marks. But I think the home runs – I think new, I think Charlotte had a great draft, I think. They had a really good draft. I think they probably had the best out of everybody. Um, um, I also think Orlando outside that pick. I think they had a good, uh, they had a good one. And I think also San Antonio. The two picks they got obviously are, are game. Victor's a game changer. But getting getting Leonard Miller in the second round was big too, in my opinion. So I like it. So we're gonna talk a little NBA free agency news that the draft is over with. So let's go ahead and get on the Google machine. NBA free agency. So we're gonna go to NBA.com and look a little bit. We're gonna go a little free agent tracker here. Look at guys. Actually, no, we're not gonna go there. We need to get some. As I pull back. Let's try and think. So. Here we go. The Ringer put this out. These, This is what came out today, actually, at 6.30 in the morning. They put this out. I'm treating players of free agency. John Collins, I'm going to trade. I, I obviously got traded. But we're looking at some guys here as I'm rolling. I'm, I'm looking through it. I'm trying to find a really good argue, like an article. I don't argue. So here's some – this is what – this is the market what we got going on right now. And obviously the, the first name that comes on the list on this thing is – James Harden, he's a player option with Philadelphia. What is he going to do? Now, Harden, I think he is on the, the downswing of his career, obviously. I think he can come in to contribute and play. I think he's going back to Philadelphia. That's just my opinion. I think, my opinion, I'm not sure where he goes in this situation. I mean, it, it, the rumors him going back to Houston, I just don't think it works out. Why would you want to go back to Houston? I know you got family there, but why? I think him going to Philadelphia, re-signing Philadelphia is what's going to happen, unless Dame is traded. 
Kyrie Irving, here's the one. Outside of Dallas and the Lakers making some moves, I don't see Kyrie going anywhere but those two. I think Kyrie going to Dallas. I think I want to see him and Luka running back, see what they can do. I think that's a the situation where, or whatever, that could work out. I mean, obviously, Chris Porzingis, is he going to opt in his deal with Boston? I think he's going to. Um, and I think he's a guy that they need to protect the rim at a high level. A big that can stretch the floor out. He fits better with Boston's system than Robert Williams and Al Horford do. And I don't that, – that trade – I want to talk about that trade real quick. They gave up Marcus Smart in that trade, and I think Boston's going to regret that. I know they needed Porzingis. I know they need another option. But I just believe, in my opinion, and this is just, this is just me speaking, that they're going to regret getting rid of Marcus Smart as a defender or whatever, in my opinion. The number four on this list is Fred Van Fleet, point guard for Toronto. Hit or miss with me. Um, a volume three-point shooter. Takes a lot of threes. A pretty good defender. But he's a guy I don't know where he goes in this. Where does he end up? Does he go back to Toronto? Does he try to go to the Lakers? Or, hell, does he go to a, a situation like a, a, a – does he go somewhere they give him a bunch of money to, to start start a, fran- start a franchise around with? I, I mean, or somebody that, to come in and hope you get it you over the hump. We'll find out. Chris Middleton from Milwaukee. He opted out of his deal. Um, he made $37 million last year, almost $40 million, actually $38 million. Um, He's had some injuries. But when he's healthy, man, he's a hell of a player. A guy that I think I would love to see the Indiana Pacers grab come in as a wing. I would love to see him in Philadelphia for Tobias Harris. I would love to see that. So, and also another guy I think the pay like or uh, or a guy like Cleveland. Cleveland would probably be the best option for him because of a wing. He can come in and he can start right away. Good defender. And the one thing about it is anybody knows why I'm talking about Cleveland because Donovan Mitchell from Louisville who went to the University of Louisville. You look at him and Garland, they, they're a high-scoring backcourt. problem is they're really small. They need a wing that can offset them, and they didn't have that last year. And I think Milton could be the answer. Draymond Green. All right, so here's the thing. A lot of people have issues with Draymond. I think Draymond, with the Jordan Poole-Chris Paul deal, I think Draymond's going back to Golden State. I don't see him going to the Lakers unless – I mean, the Lakers, yeah, Draymond could help, but don't you think they want to get Kyrie more than him? I don't know. We'll find out about that. Jeremiah Grant from Portland, power forward wing, um, 20 points per game last year, made $20 million. <sighs> Rich Paul's his agent. There has been some ties with him coming to be a pacer. I've seen the Houston Rockets are interested in him. Um, I think Jeremiah Grant is a building block for you as a rebuild. I think Brooklyn would be an option. I think Cleveland, again, would be a good option for him. I also, and I like the pacer idea too as well. So let's see. I'm just going to go through the top 10. Nikola Vujicic from Chicago. Um, he made $22 million last year, 17 11, 50%, 52% shooting from the field, 34% for three. Very good rebounder. He can protect the rim a little bit, not the best, but he is a guy that you can come in and he can score. So it's going to be a guy that you can, he can come in and get you 15 to 17, 18 points a night. Depends on where he's going to go. Is he going to go back to Chicago or, or is he going to walk? We don't know. We'll find out. Number nine, Brooke Lopez from Milwaukee. I see him going back to Milwaukee. Um, I he think 15-6 and almost he, I mean, had a good good career last year. I see Brooke Lopez going back to Milwaukee. I just do. I could be wrong though. Number 10, Kyle Kuzma. Here's a guy right here that I look at and go, mm, he's got a chance. Uh, Kyle Kuzma, I think, is a good player. I think he's got a lot of uh, I think he has really good mobility. Um He's a he's a, a power four, a modern power four that can shoot off the dribble. I think anywhere he goes. I mean, he averaged twenty one points per game last year. He had a good he had a good on a bad team. I mean, somebody's got to score on a bad team. I know, but it's still pretty good. I think thirteen. I mean, we're gonna see. He made thirteen million dollars last year. He's going to get one and get paid. We'll see what he gets. He's gonna be. I think Kyle Kuzma's gonna be one of those guys that's gonna get a really ridiculous contract, and it's not gonna play out in the end for either side, possibly. Number eleven, Jake Portal for Toronto. A big. He's a good rebounder. A good rim protector, a solid building block piece, or whatever. 12, D'Angelo Russell, for the point guard for the Lakers. Uh, you know, he made $31 million last year. Shot selection is questionable. He had a bad had a bad series against Denver in the playoffs for the Lakers. I, I don't know about that. I don't know where he goes. I don't know. 
13, Jordan Clarkson, Clarkson for Utah, player option. We don't know if he's going to opt out yet or not. I mean, he can score. I mean, like always, I said, somebody's got to score on a bad team. And I do think he's a guy that teams that need a win or need a spark off the bench, people are going to be calling like, hey, what can we do to get you to come here? So, Number 14, Austin Reeves. I think Austin Reeves is going back to Los Angeles, so I'm not even going to talk about this one. And that's that. Cameron Johnson for Brooklyn. I am a big fan of this dude. I think Brooklyn will bring him back. He can stretch the floor out really good. He's a, got good size. I think Cameron Johnson is going to be a good player. Number 16, Harrison Barnes. Here's a guy I can see a lot of vet. He's a veteran swing man, small forward, can play small ball power forward. I think he's a guy that a lot of teams that want to win can give a call. I can see Sacramento saying, you know, why don't you come back one more year, two more years, and let's see if we can run this back. Or I can see Golden State call him and saying, can we get you on a cheap deal? Bruce Brown for Denver. Here's a guy that <laughs> high-energy guard came off the bench. He's going to get paid unless Denver can – Somehow get him to stay on a on a deal that works out for both ways. I think both sides. I think Bruce Brown is going to be a guy that's going to get. He's going to be like a Kyle Kuzma, going to get a really ridiculous contract that's not going to work out for either side. Russell Westbrook. I think he's going back to the Clippers, and that's just that. I think he goes back to the Clippers. I think he gets paid a little. Uh, I think he's going to take a hell of a pay cut, and I really do. I mean, the guy got blamed for every issue with the Lakers last year when. Westbrook was part of the blame, but it was more of that, more than just him. I mean, I like I said before, and I'll go, I'll die on this hill. The issues with D'Angelo Russell would not have happened with Russell Westbrook last year in that the series against Denver. Nineteen, Josh Hart for New York. They there was some news about this. I think he is coming back, and I think he is coming back to the Knicks, and I hope he does because I like Josh Hart. And there's another guy right there that I think could fit really well. Anywhere you go for a championship team, a building block, tough-minded, good defender. He re- he is a, the best one. He might be one of the, if not the best rebounding guard in the league, and it's a fact. And Christian Wood for Dallas. Number, I mean, Christian Wood is another guy. Does Dallas bring him back alongside with you know with Derek uh, with with Lively, or does a team that needs some size bring him in? Does he come in and he goes to? Does he go to the – I tell you right now, he is a big that the Lakers, I think, could really, really use. Oh, a big forward heavy that could go alongside LeBron and, and AD, I think he'd be really good. I think him going back to Dallas is probably the best option at this point. Or Portland even, his size. Rui Hachimura, I think he's coming back to the Lakers. Dylan Brooks from Memphis, I don't know where he's going to go. Um, he's very he, – when he is, he's efficient, but he had a horrible playoffs, and I am just – I don't care. P.J. Washington for Charlotte played at <laughs> Kentucky. Um, pick and pop big man can play a little. He got a lot of game. Um, I think he's going to be a guy that is going to be on a, a deal where he's not going to get a lot of offers probably, and Charlotte's probably going to match whatever they can if it's good on the dollar. Uh, Devontae Dizzy Chizo. Oh, man, I'm fucking goddamn, man. Stop fucking texting me. I'm... Um, I got to get that volume they turn off. Um, Devin Dimitri I think he opted out of his deal. We're gonna see where he goes with Golden State. Made some money last year. Gabe Vincent, uh, point guard for Miami. I think he's gonna be. A, he's not the most consistent uh, shooter, but a player, but a guy you can keep an eye. I think Miami will bring back somehow. It depends on Damian Lillard. Karis Levert, a scorer who just comes off the bench. He's very smooth. When he wants to be, but he's he's very one on one, and as a guy that I think just needs a, needs a fresh start. Max Struess from Miami, I think he'll be back as well. Uh, that's next on the list. I'm just gonna go through the number thirty, top thirty on this. Great Williams for Boston. I think Boston. He's a restricted three agent. They can bring him back. So we'll see what happens with that. Kelly Oubre for Charlotte. I think he will come back. Well, actually, he's been in the league. He's been around the league for a good minute. I mean, twenty points per game last year. I think on a bad Charlotte team. I can't see I can't see him competing well and possibly getting a job somewhere on a good team. And KJ Martin for Houston, the son of Kenyon Martin. A guy that um he's very explosive. He's probably gonna get a nice little solid contract, but we'll see what happens with that. And that's top 30 for HC. I'm not gonna go through the whole damn list because I'm just not. 
plain and simple. Now we gotta get to the nitty gritty of things. And we're gonna talk a little AEW Forbidden Door. And that's what we're gonna do. So I'm gonna give first things first. Gonna talk about I'm not gonna talk about zero hour. I just did not have a time to watch. I had to scrunch it. I didn't watch it live, so this is a post live watch. I probably would have enjoyed it more if it was live. Blah 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 blah. But anyway, here we go. That being said, it took place in Toronto, Canada at the Scott Bank Arena in Toronto with a, a crowd of 14,826. So it wasn't a sellout, but a good good crowd. It's the first pro wrestling pay-per-view in Canada not that is non-WWE since November 21st, 1999, where WCW had mayhem. They had mayhem uh, live there. That being said, we're going to go through the card. And first match of the night... First match of the night, we have MJF versus Hiroshi Tanahashi for the AEW World Championship. Um, good match. Uh, MJF come out. Tanahashi came out, got a good elevation from the fans. Smart crowd, like always, with AEW. Um, uh, MJF comes out new on his robe. It says New Japan is an indie. They had a good old school style match. MJF cheats to win. The right decision. Um, solid match. Nothing really too fun to talk about um my biggest issue is i watched collision this past saturday tanahashi went in the ring with swerve tanahashi if you he's not going to hear this but anybody out there knows where i'm going with this tanahashi in my opinion is starting to look he's starting to show his age the way he moves he reminds me of kawada in new japan years ago when he had the injuries that being said Tanahashi, if I'm him, he needs some time off. He needs to go away for a little while. He's got some injuries. Take some time off. Let his body heal. He's beat up, man. He is beat up. The ace of New Japan, he's been carried. It's been him or, it's been him or Okada the last 10, 15 years, man. And he needs a break. And it, it's a fact. The number two match on the main card, CM Punk versus Shashi Kojima in the first rounds of the men's Owen Hart Cup, Owen Hart Cup tournament. And this was a really good match. Kojima and Punk told a really good story. Punk showing his athleticism. He's a little bit younger than Kojima. Kojima is another guy. He's another guy. He's 52 years old, and he looks better than Tanahashi does. Tanahashi does at 46. I mean, that's pretty damn impressive. That being said, I thought this was a really, really good match. Um, I really enjoyed the storytelling with the lariat. Punk teasing the fans at the crowd split. So you just want to say about Punk, he's one of the top three to five. One, of the, he's top five to ten biggest draws in the business right now, and it's a fact. That being said, um, they had a really good match, and it was a good match. Punk showing respect to Kojima after the match, and Punk moves on. I think he will win that tournament. The the next match of the night. Orange Cassidy versus Zack Sabre Jr. versus Shibata and Daniel Garcia for the AEW International Championship. This match went 11 minutes and 15 seconds. And I will point out, I don't like his gimmick. I'm not a fan of it. But in the ring, I cannot knock Orange Cassidy for the, the effort he's put in. He's put on some really good performance lately. And that being said, do I, pre, do I like his gimmick? No. He started with me over with his work in the ring. I'll give him credit. He's doing a good job, I think. Zack Sabre Jr., Technically a good submission wrestler, but very has no def defined definition of his physique. He just every time he walks, he talks. He sounds like a little like a little kid going through puberty when he talks. Shibata, it's amazing he's being able to walk um, at, at, to work after what happened with him, but it was also his own fault being that stupid headbutt people for real like that. Daniel Garcia, his little dancing movement, ah, whatever. Uh Good. I mean, he's a good hand in the ring, but it's just a match that I just sat there and kind of like just raised my eyebrow and kind of coughed a little bit and just looked around for other things. That being said, um, it was a good match. The guy, the right guy, went over. Cassie gets the win in this match. The third match of the main, uh, the fourth match of the main card, Sada the versus Jungle Boy Jack Perry for the IWGP World Heavyweight Championship. Now, here's the thing: they did some post match. Jungle uh, Jack Perry got beat by Sonata. They had an okay match, but it wasn't nothing to make the make me go. Oh, that's really good. I just yeah, whatever at this point. Uh, I'm just like whatever at this point. Um, Jack Perry gets beat by Sonata with the moonsault press, and then he turns on Hook after the match. He turns heel. 
He was getting stale. It is what it is. It's more of the less that I just go like, I'm not a fan of Jack Perry. I think Hook has potential, but they've really like they've done what Wardlow and these other guys. They start pushing, they just pull back on them. I'm just more of like whatever at this point with this whole situation. It is what it is. So um, that being said, it, it was a solid match, but for the IWGP World Heavyweight Championship, you just look at this AEW. They Japan gives Tanahashi for MJF. And AEW turns around and says, we'll give you Jack Perry against Sonata. You couldn't get somebody else better than that? You could shut the angle with something else. The fifth match on the main card, the elite Hangman Adam Page, Matt Jackson, and Nick Matt Jackson and Nick Jackson, and Eddie Kings and Tormo and Ishii versus the Blackpool Combat Club, John Moxley, where you call El Casanoli, Kensu Tanaski, and Shoto Imo. And I apologize if I butchered those names in a Tigman tag match. Highlights of this. Uh, Ishii, I don't know how he, he the ass beatings he takes, but he he keeps coming. Uh, Tashki, Tashki, I can't say his name right. Is every time I watch him on screen, he he stands out to me a lot of ability. Eddie Kingston and John Moxley. Here's the thing, Eddie. They're telling the story that Eddie can't stand Claudio Casanelli, and there's a legitimate there's legitimate heat. They do not like each other. That being said. I am a fan of guys standing off in the ring and throwing forearms, throwing slugs. But when guys like Moxley and Kingston start cutting, like chopping each other, it just it just makes me just like roll my eyes. Like, okay, I've seen this a thousand times. Here's another thing. Uh, and this is back to the Punk and Kojima match. The, the shotgun chops everybody does. The da 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 everybody likes to do from Japan. Make this real clear. If you ain't Tenru, if you ain't Kenta Kobushi, don't do it because it looks like shit. There's a reason why people mock the flare chops because they're easy to do. The little machine gun chops, they don't work. They just don't. But that being said, this was a really good 10-man tag team match. I enjoyed it. Um, Ishii got the win in this when he pinned Yuta. Good win. The, the elite need to win. The next match on the card is a match that I basically fast-forward to to the finish. Tony Storm versus Willow Nightgate. The Willow Knight. Nightingale for the women's world AW Women's World Championship. Tony Storm gets the win. It was an, I, I didn't care. Now let's get to the nitty gritty match. The 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 semi main event on this match, really the match in my opinion that sold the show for Forbidden Door. Will Ospreay with Don Callis against Kenny Omega for the IWGP United States Heavyweight Championship. Let me take a sip. I have been on. If anybody is listening to this program, I am not the biggest fan of Kenny Omega. I have been on Omega's ass about some of the things he does, his believability, and I like Osprey. Osprey has a lot of has. Osprey does a lot of moves without even really a lot of storytelling, but they do. He works hard where they do. They both do. That being said, I can't knock this at all. This was fucking great. Um. Omega and Osprey tore the house down. Best match of the night. This is going to be running for match of the year for me. And I never thought I'd say that. I'm not a big fan of Kenny Omega's work, but they told a really good story. There were some spots in this match that I did not care for. I'm not like JD from New York who fucking gets a nut on for everything AEW does because JD from New York, he's the most biased motherfucker out there. Look up JD, JD from New York. You know exactly what I'm talking about. The guy is nothing more than a bullshit con artist when it comes to... Well, not con, he's not really a bullshit con artist. He's more of a guy that... AEW does everything good. WWE's bullshit, and he called Osprey and Omega the two, arguably the two, they might be the two greatest of all time. If this all said and done, uh, Jesus Christ. Anyway, they had a great match. Don Callis got involved with the screwdriver. Um, I popped on the Tiger Driver ninety one spot that Osprey hit Omega with. I also didn't really pop, but it was kind of like, oh, he kicked out. But it was kind of like roll my eyes. Omega kicking out of the one winged angel at one, and Osprey got the win one two three. In the match, they went 39, almost went 40 minutes, and they bled, and they told a great story. Even though some spots I didn't understand, at the same time, I I I look forward to rewatching this match down the line again. Sting, Darby Allin, and Tulsito Naito versus Lucy Sexy God, Suski Gods, Jericho, Sammy Guevara, and Miro Suski in a trios match. Um, Naito looks like he's beat up a little bit. He moving a little stiffly. It looks like. Suzuki is a bad Suzuki is a badass, but unfortunately nobody's ran a video package to let you know who he is. 
Jericho and Sammy Guevara are teasing their dividends. Darby Allen did his thing. Sting and Jericho went back and forth. Um, Sammy about broke Sting's fucking neck on the Scorpion Deathlock spot. Uh, shitty finish that shot an angle. We're obviously probably going to get more of Jericho and Sting. It's just, I'm tired of Chris Jericho. I'm, I'm getting the point where Jericho needs to go. Jericho is starting to get go away heat for me. Everything Jericho does now, ever since his, ever since he turned, went with the inner circle thing with the Jericho Appreciate Society, and he had that feud with Eddie Kingston that Eddie never benefited from at all. Jericho, to me, has got go away heat. Since his MJF feud, everything Jericho has done, I and I take that back in the America Top Team thing they did, I thought that was okay. But everything Jericho has done, I just want to pull my fucking hair. He, it's just bad TV in my opinion. Bad TV when Jericho's on, and it's just my opinion on it. The main event of the night, Brian Daniels ran versus Kusha Okada, Suku Okada, and Brian Daniels came out to the final countdown, a hell of an ovation. Okada came out. This was the main event. They went 27 minutes, and they tore the house down. Brian, Daniel Bryanson broke his fucking forearm, and, it's, and it, they're saying it's a lot worse than what I thought it was. And Okada tapped out. Obviously, we know there has been a rumor that we are getting a trilogy of matches with this. The match to prove who's the best in the world. They tore the house down. Told a great story. Um, great work. I didn't care for the tombstone on the outside that they, they teased. or they, I think they did do. But I thought that the submission, the fact that Okada was in that submission for so long and the way he tapped out. Okada tapped out. You don't see Okada. Okada maybe I'm wrong. You don't see Okada, Okada tap out a lot. So... Overall, what do I think? And this was a quick review. If I watched this fresh, guys, I would have had this out sooner than you guys. But I, I knew what happened, but I didn't, you know, I knew what happened. But even though I didn't see live, I saw the results. That being said, honest, I thought this was a lot better Forbidden Door than it was last year. And I went to the one in Chicago last year. That being said, um, I thought it was a really good show. And... On a scale of 1 to 10, I'm going to give it a solid 8 out of 10. I think it was a really good performance. I felt like the two matches between Okada, I thought the match with Okada and Okada and Brian Danielson was really good. And obviously, Osprey and Omega tore the house down. Outside of that, and the 10 man tag match was good. Outside of that, a lot of the matches felt like filler matches for angles. And I felt like they could have got away from that and done some other things. But overall, guys, it ain't out of 10. It ate out. Actually, I'll go at 8.5 out of 10 for that, in my opinion. That being said, guys, we're going to close this program. Uh, stay tuned for Friday for the bonus episode. And just remember, guys, I don't bullshit. I just tell it like it is, straight up. Have a good one, y'all.